It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. For the Build Four Tough Studio, Boomer and Size and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network and wherever you are on the free Odyssey app. Good Monday morning, a big football Monday after Championship Sunday. And I love the NFL. It's my favorite sport. Football's my favorite sport. I always get sad when it's over at the end of the year, at the end of the Super Bowl. I get sad actually after Championship Sunday because, of course, the Super Bowl, its own spectacular thing and this is the last time to see teams play in their home stadiums and all of that stuff Um, but man oh man oh man was yesterday just annoying it was just an annoying day to be a football fan unless you were an Eagles fan or a Chiefs fan you got your team going to the Super Bowl that first game that I thought was going to be epic between the Niners and the Eagles turned out to be a total dud because of the injuries to the quarterback. And I'm not going to just sit here and say that that was bad luck. The Philadelphia Eagles were all over. Those guys are trying to block Hassan Reddick with backup tight ends. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Both your quarterbacks get killed in that situation. And this game last night, I'm not putting it all on the officials. I'm not going to say that that's the reason why the Cincinnati Bengals lost the game. But that was a horrifically officiated football game that to me was an absolute joke. The fact that they got three opportunities on a third and nine, thank God that didn't burn them. And then, of course, they get the 15 yards tacked on in the biggest moment of the game to allow the Butker field goal. Just, I'm just annoyed. I've got a bad taste in my mouth. I'll get it out. I will get it out by the time we get to the Super Bowl. But... Today I'm annoyed. Good morning, Boomer. You've been talking to everybody on the air in the background and coughing. How are you? You know, I have no idea what makes my mic go on here and what doesn't. I'm not really sure. i got a big board in front of me. What I need is I need Steve Apria to be here with me. Oh, no. That's what I need. I'm not really sure. So what's going on? So if I if I miss press a button or something like that, you may hear a few other things too. Choice words out of my mouth. But I'll tell you, gee, I'm, I'm still thawing out. Uh, it was... It was brutally cold yesterday, yeah. as you could probably tell by watching us and uh, and everybody that was there at the game. But it was uh, an electric atmosphere. And I know it was frustrating for all of us uh, when we were sitting there and the game really never got anything going. There was the end of the first half for the Bengals and the start of the second half for the Bengals. They got something going offensively, but it was just choppy, a lot of flags. The officials were... Uh, you know, confusing the game uh, is the is a play stop? Is it not stopped? And then, of course, you know, I've read some of this stuff online already this morning. Like CBS doesn't have a chance because of the, the timing and the commercials and everything that's going on to really actually explain what's going on in real time. They have to wait until they find out exactly what the referees are ruling. And in that one particular clay, uh, case, there was an incompletion on second down, and the game clock was still running, and the back judge realized that, and he stopped the play. Now, nobody heard wait, a whistle. Wait, whoa, 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 hold on. He tried to stop the play. Yeah, yeah nobody he heard ran a whistle. Right. two steps with his arms up, and then everybody started moving, and then he stopped, and no one heard the whistle, and they went on with the play. And then at that point, I'm thinking, okay, here comes the punt team. That's the end of that, just like everybody did. So stopping the play is one thing. Attempting to stop the play is exactly what happened. 
All right, so in, in, in their world, in the official's world, the most important thing is to make sure that they have the play clock right. So in other words, there was about 30 seconds that ran off uh, the actual game clock. And they have to get it right. They can't lose those 30 seconds just arbitrarily and just keep the, go- the game going. And I'm not saying it's right the way they went about it. I'm not, I know it's, it's frustrating for us as viewers. It's frustrating for the players on the field, especially when they play a, a play full on and one team fails in their execution and then should have had to punt it. So yeah, I know I'm frustrated by all of it, but the reason that they stopped it and the reason that they went back is because they lost all that time on the de- on the well, uh, play clock. that to begin with that the the game clock was running when it shouldn't have been. That, that's 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 the game clock operator here at the stadium, and he's got to look at the officials because the officials are, are, are crossing their hands above their head, stopping the clock. Which every game clock operator in the NFL knows on an incomplete pass, the clock stops; it doesn't keep running. Uh, in that particular situation. It kept running. That's why they stopped the play, and that's why they put more time back on the clock. Well, so, they didn't stop the play. The play went on, and they turned I, I that guy, that guy gave a half-ass effort to stop I, the play, and nobody right, knew about it. I shouldn't say they stopped the play because they didn't stop the play, but what they did do is they stopped the game, and then they re- they went back, and they put time back on the clock because that was the uh, the right thing to do because if something would have happened late in the game – where, you know, one of these teams would have lined up for a field goal like Kansas City did, there would have been a chance that that time would have been gone, and Kansas City would have never had a chance to kick the game-winning field goal. And, so. then, and then to end up calling the Eli Apple hold, <laughs> to me, was like that. You want to talk about uh, really rubbing it into the Cincinnati Bengals. At that point, you know, it felt like the referees wanted the Chiefs to win the game. I'm sorry. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. As I'm watching it, it felt like the officials in those two instances wanted the Kansas City Chiefs to win the game. Now, as I mentioned, you know, it, it didn't affect the Bengals because they did ultimately get off the field there and the Bengals did have two opportunities in the fourth quarter with the ball in their hands where Joe Burrow could have won the game and it didn't happen and I do put more of it on the Cincinnati Bengals and their offense not getting it done the Chiefs defense getting it done than I do the officials I was just annoyed watching the game and I really didn't like you know here they go they got the big completion to Hayden Hurst then they get seven yards on first down it's second and three and then they end up going deep on the next two plays when I thought that they could have just, you know, just run the ball, just keep going, just short passes, just get there, take time off the clock, and for whatever reason, they felt like they had to throw the ball down the field 35 yards on back-to-back plays. Especially with the way that Chris Jones was playing last night. You know, you knew that he was going to be a force to be reckoned with in this game. He's a bad matchup for the Bengals, but you know, for the most part, I thought that the Kansas City defensive line really took care of business, and Joe Burrow had you know, two picks. The second pick was the same type of play uh, that he was trying to throw to T. Higgins. He was he did that to Jamar Chase almost in the, on that fourth and whatever it was, fifth or five and six or something. Yeah. Uh, so same type of play just on the other side of the field. And that kid Brian Cook made a hell of a play deflecting that ball up in the air that resulted in the uh, the interception. Right, so that was on third down. It would have been incomplete probably anyway. So it was sort of like a punt at that point. Yes. I just I just hated the play calls. I just hated you know uh, I know they had taken a shot and they took some shots and obviously they had some success with Jamar Chase in the middle of the field. Um, you know that that to me was something that if they needed to have those plays, but just not in that situation. I mean they had made that huge third down conversion and it just was 
like, I just felt like there was momentum there that they just completely threw away with forcing the ball down the field when they didn't have to. And oh, by the way, another huge mistake, and I did believe that there was a block in the back on this return that wasn't called, but whatever. Um, on the, another huge mistake is how many times we have to see in these critical moments in games with these punters punting the ball right down the middle of the field and allowing a returner when you've got basically a field goal to win a game, get on his horse and go 35, 40 yards for a return. Punt and that ball towards the sidelines. For God's sakes, who are these special teams coaches that are teaching these idiots to punt the ball down the middle of the field? I will also say that that was not only a punt that went down the middle of the field, it was a flat punt. It did not have a hang time. Oh, my and he, God. This is essentially what you hear when they say they outkick their coverage. It was a low, flat punt right in the middle of the field. Gave the uh, returner a two-way go. And then, of course, you have the penalty at the end of the game. I don't know. Did you see the... Uh, uh, the video coming out of the Bengal locker room as the Bengal players were walking into yes. the locker room. Yeah, the two oh videos I saw. So it was the the one the one player. Now I forget his name. Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, right. It, he yells, "No, I'm not okay. This is my last year." Why did he hit the quarterback? Is what he yelled yes. as he's going into the locker room. Now the other video I saw was B.J. Hill standing next next to Joseph Asai, and he's basically standing there for support telling reporters that those questions weren't fair, which I think most of them were fair. I don't think they were out to attack him. I do believe that all the questions were fair. And then they talked about how much support he had gotten from his teammates. So it did see like, you know, there was one guy who was verbally really upset that got caught on camera. There might have been others, but it felt to me like there was more support than, than not support. And I just... Listen, I, full disclosure, I wanted the Bengals to win this game for a variety of reasons. I wanted them back in the Super Bowl. I ended up betting the Bengals. I picked the Bengals. I, I will. No one's going to believe me when I say this. If all of that wasn't true and I was a complete independent observer, I would not have wanted to see that flag thrown in that situation. Yeah, you have to throw it, though, man. Oh, all year long. Why? The, the, all year long. Just changed the entire game. Hey, hey, all year long. That, man. I'm I mean, telling you, all year long, they've been throwing that flag, and I don't care. You know, I don't care if it's embellishment. I don't care what you want to call it. Patrick Mahomes is literally three yards out of bounds. And, you know, he pushes him and he goes down. Yards. He's two and, steps out of bounds. Not three it yards. doesn't matter. You're out of bounds. And it's, it they've, been thro they've thrown the flag on that play all year long. Well, this is, I mean, this is the, the what team goes to the Super Bowl moment. I don't care. And you don't change the rules you seen of the game. In old sports guy, you know, let, Dude, him, that, play, let him play. That is, I mean, you look at it. You, it's that's three yards out of bounds. It's not three yards, about two I mean, yards he puts out of bounds. His two hands on his back and he falls down. Can't do it. And now, you can't and now touch gonna, the quarterback. And, Everybody and, and knows change, that. It changes who's going to the Super Bowl or not. I Gee, mean, it's just you, know, you it's sound just, like a maniac. I'm telling I mean, you, it's, it's just I'm not the only one, man. I'm, I'm telling, just telling you that, that, that call was called the every AFC championship game. I, I, that ruined look, it. I don't I picked, want these idiot mm. officials that effed up the entire day now sending the wrong team to the Super Bowl again. And that's what it felt like to me. Well, anyway, I, you know, all I can tell you is that uh, I picked the Bengals as well. I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. I thought that Joe Burrow, uh, with the two opportunities late in the game, was going to score in one of those opportunities. And unfortunately, they didn't. And all I know, G, is that I have seen this particular play called every single weekend of every single game. 
Anytime that quarterback gets near the sideline and is completely out of bounds and gets shoved to the ground, that flag is coming out. I'm sorry. It's just that's the consistent that to me, that was the one call that they made that they should have made. No, I, I'm not in that situation. I'm sorry. I mean, that that just you're talking about a 60 yard field goal as opposed to a 45 yard field goal. I know they still had an opportunity with eight seconds where maybe they could gotten a, a few more yards and then uh, called a timeout to get closer. But but um, to me, that was just like the, the as soon as you saw that flag, the game was over. And, and and I just don't want those situations to be controlled by the officials. And as I said before, you know, the Bengals had those two opportunities. They, and I really thought in both of those opportunities that they when Joe Burrow had the ball as consistent, as cold blooded as he has been, that he was going to be able to get the job done. And he didn't. And they ended up giving the ball back to the Chiefs in a stupid way with the punt down the middle of the field. And then they allowed an opportunity for the officials to screw it up. And in my opinion, they did. So that's that ends up being on the Bengals. I just had a bad taste in my mouth at the end of that game. I just did yeah, the whole thing. I, I just I, stunk to me. I cannot agree with you about the penalty call. I, okay. I, not at all. I mean, for a guy who covers the league and has watched the league grow over the years and watched how sensitive they are with quarterbacks on the sidelines... You know, uh, you know, if that were Brock Purdy, they would have called a, fe- a penalty. If that were, uh, I don't know if it, if it were, if it were uh, Zach Wilson, probably not. But if it were Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, all of those guys would have gotten flags. That's, and it's, it's unfortunate because, uh, Osai actually played a reasonably decent game and that was just a huge mistake, but he came on the heels of the, special teams mistake that gave them the initial field position in the first place, which came on the mistake of the fact that the Bengals couldn't move the ball the previous two sets downs that they had. So everybody has a hand in the loss. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, no, I I know, and that's and that's what I I had mentioned, and I there's there's no doubt you could pin it all on one thing, um, but it just was it just was frustrating to me, and this is off the heels of another game that was basically non-competitive, and and I'm not just going to sit here and say that you know all oh, the Eagles got lucky, they did not get lucky. What they did was they did what they have done all year long, and they get to the quarterback and they hit the quarterback, and that's the reason why these guys ended up out of the game because the San Francisco 49ers couldn't block them. And then when you can't block guys like Hassan Reddick and then your quarterback gets hit and he gets hurt, that's on you. That's the tip of the cap to the other team. It's not, oh, how bad luck have these guys gotten? You know, it's not like Brock Purdy just like, you know, uh, threw a ball or had that non-contact injury that blew out his knee. You know, he had a guy in his face. He ends up, you know, the ball comes out. It ends up being a fumble and he ends up being hurt. Now, I don't know, you know, he ends up playing after Josh Johnson goes out, after he gets hurt as well on a hit where they couldn't block anybody. Um, but, I mean, that was shocking to me that they, he didn't even attempt to throw the ball more than three yards. So, because he's got a damaged UCL. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly what happened to Josh Allen against the Jets. And uh, Josh Allen was able to play through it, and uh, Brock Purdy unable to play through it. He'll have an MRI today, and it will probably show you that it's pretty significant in there. He could throw the ball more than five yards. That's why they were doing all the different things that they were trying to do. The thing that really ticks me off about all of this, yeah. honestly, is the freaking Empire State Building. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that makes me mad. I could not believe that I saw the Empire State Building yeah. clad in green in honor of the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you kidding me? You see, I, and this was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Everybody put their two cents in about it. What I need to know is I... I need to know the backstory of this because I would not be surprised 
if the NFL had something to do with this. And paid for it, you think? Yes, yes. That's what I need to know. I need to know, you know, who was a person that accepted that payment and understood that this was a possibility in New York to put the Eagles colors up. And, and was the NFL behind or who was behind it? I mean, that's really what I need to know now because the stupidity to me is just off the charts. And, of course, I mean, everybody's got the same opinion on it. It's one of the dumbest things ever, and it's an, it's an insult to the sports fans in this city. Uh, but how did it happen? That, and then and then they put up the thing when they you know the Chiefs go and they and they change it to to red. They go oh, that hurt us more than it hurt you guys. So so that means that you know it, it, to me reading into it, unless they're trying to throw us off the trail, that there was some sort of deal that was made with the Empire State Building and somebody that got payment that said, hey, whoever wins, whether it's the NFL or whomever, it has to be the NFL that you're going to light it up in those colors. I, I got to believe that the Empire State Building gets paid to do that, that they don't do that on their own. Unless, of course, maybe it is a, a New, New York, York team. team. Yeah. yeah, if it's a New York team, maybe they'll do it on their own. But, I mean, the NFL... Had to definitely pay for this. I some, because they, they're not just doing it. They, they, unless there's a guy from Philadelphia running the whole damn thing, which I, I doubt is the case. But yeah, I, I saw that uh, as we were, uh, you know, I think it was halftime when that thing popped up, and I was like, man, what the hell are they doing in New York, showing Eagles colors on the Empire State Building? Come yeah, on! No, I know. I mean, it's 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 insulting to all of us. It's mostly insulting to all the Giants fans. Out there, I just, just horrible. Just a, and something that no other sports crazed city would ever do. No way. You think that the, you know, Philadelphia is going to, you know, may paint the Liberty Bell blue when the Giants go to the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. All these other great sports cities that are out there, you know, Philadelphia, Boston, you throw New York in there, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, none of these other cities but this one would do something like that. And it's just, it's, it was sickening. It absolutely was. But I want to know the backstory. I want to know who to blame uh, for that whole thing before I just go completely nuts about it. Over Gio on the fan in CBS Sports Network. I've been getting late night phone calls from Jerry Recco and late night texts, and it's not uh, you up. It's, hey, I've got another disaster on my hands. So in the middle of the AFC Championship game, that's what Jerry sent to me, or actually called me yesterday to tell me that there's a chance he might get stuck in Iowa, but he feels pretty good about getting out of there with an 11 p.m. flight at 1226 a.m. Jerry texted me, I'm stuck in Iowa. But I will be on the radio tomorrow. Just oh, no man. camera. Uh, so we've got Boomer in Kansas City. We have got Jerry in Iowa City. And me, Al, and Eddie are here. So keep that in mind, listeners, if uh, you hear something a little bit off or a little bit strange this Welcome morning. 2020 again. Yeah, that's what it feels like, man. Uh, all right, Jerry. Well, good morning. I hope that you're in good spirits. and I'm excited to hear what you have for us. Yeah, me too. We're sponsored by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We're also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So let's go through it. We'll start with the late game, which is uh, the most recent, obviously, Chiefs-Bengals. Uh, and let's start with the game winner. And this is that we could do the penalty, of course. But let's go with the kick, the 45-yarder from Butker. Harrison Butker, the biggest kick of his Chiefs life. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high. Floating in the air. And it is good. 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 Did Cincinnati call timeout? They did not. They did not. They did not. 
That was Chiefs Radio with the call. Made it 23-20, just a couple of seconds to go, and the Chiefs win 23-20. This, of course, after the Asai penalty, as we know. Sky Moore, the punt return to midfield, setting the whole thing up. Patrick Mahomes, 326 yards passing, couple of touchdowns on that gimpy ankle. Here was Travis. So a couple of things from Travis Kelsey. First things first. You know Friday, the Cincinnati mayor was shooting his mouth off about Joe Burrow against the the Bengals. And we do, right? Gee, we always wonder if guys take this and make quote-unquote bulletin board material and if they hear things. Well, here was Kelsey. A couple from him. First things first with the Cincinnati mayor. Said enough about the Cincinnati mayor. (laughs) It was was Cincinnati was a better city when Jerry Springer was a mayor. Okay, that's yeah, fine. I was there that then. Was... <laughs> you were. Yes. Winning games and lots of them. <laughs> yeah. So that's fine. That's kind of cool. That was easy. I had a little bit of a joke. This was on CBS with uh, with Evan Washburn, which was kind of funny. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit of the rock right there. Yeah, it was. He went full wrestling there. I, and he yeah. that, that mayor deserved it. I, I actually think that probably Cincinnati Bengals fans were also cringing with that video. It was just awful. I mean, he was trying to be funny. He's sitting behind his desk. He's doing this proclamation. So I hereby pronounce Joe Burrow the father of uh, Patrick Mahomes after a DNA test. I'm like, come on, man, just stop. You know, you want what to a- stupid bet, skyline chili versus ribs or something. Just do something stupid like every other mayor does. What a dope. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I would think that he's going to get voted out of office. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's, I mean, that is just a... And now everybody, they didn't hate him before. They're going to hate him now, even more right. now. I'm with you, G. I cringe, too. When he did. What are you doing? Why? And I, and I was all about the Bengals this entire week, the whole time. And so it's not like I was like, ha ha, yeah, let's go. I was like, oh, God, Ugh. God it was gross. Yeah. Do you think they were thinking about the mayor when the uh, the Bengals had the ball twice in the fourth quarter and a chance to win? Uh, yeah. You think somebody was in that defensive huddle going, "Come on, man, that mayor of Cincinnati's an idiot. We got to win this game." I think. I think all of it. I mean, I think maybe that. I think the Burrowhead thing. I yeah. think that. I mean, you heard Patrick, even Patrick Mahomes very uncharacteristically uncharacter- is is saying, you know, after the game with uh, Tracy Wolfson, he's like, "I don't know if there's any cigars out there, but we'll see. We're going to celebrate." <laughs> And I'm like, wow. I was like, that's a big shot at Joe Burrow. I mean, they they were all over all this hype going into the game right. and all the trash talk. There's no doubt that 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 it affected them. And it actually started last. It, right it started. It's, it started last week. I'm sorry, Jerry. Uh, it started last week uh, after the game in Buffalo, where Mike Kilton, their Nickelback, started with the Burrow head. Yep. That's you right. know, and that that's where it all started. And you know what? Quite frankly, this game was close. It was tight. You know, if, if the Kansas City Chiefs would have won by thirty points, I could I could readily see how this would have all been a thing. But you know, this game came down yeah. to the end, and it took a penalty. Right. I mean, come on, it, was, it wasn't like this game wasn't close. And the Bengals actually played good; they scored fourteen points in the second half. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I told Alan Eddie when I was still like fuming in this last break. I said, all "Right, exactly that. If they if they had won like forty one to six, I'd say, all right, you know what, go crazy." Uh, but this game was very close. Patrick Mahomes is still one in three against Joe Burrow. You lost the game last year. Last Super Bowl you went to, you lost. Like, chill out a little bit, will you? God, they were going I crazy. Question, though, uh, yeah. About that, though, if yeah. Patrick Mahomes doesn't flat out drop the ball, I feel like they're going in to go up two touchdowns. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, that was a critical play in the game, and then the Bengals needed that uh, because it did feel like things were getting a little bit out of hand at that point in the game. So you're right. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. And also, uh, as we mentioned all morning long, those those two op- – I said Joe Burrow's going to win this game twice, I said it, at the time. Yeah. So there's no way, and, and they didn't even get close enough. I don't even think they crossed over midfield either one of those uh, possessions, which was which was not good. All right, here was Mahomes talking about another Super Bowl trip. Yeah, I'd appreciate it a, a way more. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that in a bad way. I think uh, when I first got in the league, it all, all happened so fast. Um, I won the MVP. I won the I won the Super Bowl, and I thought that's just kind of how it went. Yeah, uh, no, it does not go that way every year, <laughs> as he's now finding out. Um, as for Asai, he did speak the media, face the music. Here he was on that late hit out of bounds on Mahomes. I gotta know not to not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I gotta do better. Yeah, that was a huge play I for know. sure. And he was he was crying on the bench. Obviously, he was crying in the locker room. I mean, this is. This is going to be something that he's just going to be one of those guys now, you know, that, that people are going to remember his name for that play. And that's what stinks about it. Uh, was good to see that there were some teammates uh, there publicly that were coming to his defense like B.J. Hill. But, of course, that video's got four million views of that other uh, teammate who's screaming, going, this is my last year. No, I'm not OK. Why did he touch the quarterback? So mm-hmm. it's just well, here, here's their head, here's their head coach, Zach Taylor. Very difficult. You know, watching them celebrate, it's, it's, it's horrible, you know, because this team has invested so much in each other uh, to get to this point. And, um, you know, we've been playing playoff football really since Halloween. We just didn't know it. You know, we had to win 10 games in a row to be here. Yeah, I feel terrible for that Unfortunately, It's just one of those fan bases awful. now, too. It's like, you know, you can add them to the list of these teams that are, are good, have great moments, get right to the end, but can't get it done. I mean, you think about the two Super Bowls. Of course, Boomer's won, then the Ken Anderson won. You think about last year's Super Bowl. Now you're talking about a heartbreaking championship game, which you want to be in these games, no doubt. But, I mean, it's like, you know, like, like we talk about these teams, like the Bills, the Bengals, the Vikings. You get to, like, this point, and then it gets uh, ripped away from you. It's very, very tough on a fan base, especially one that's invested as the Bengals are. Well, these uh, these two quarterbacks are going to have their teams you know, in the in the playoffs every year. This is this is a sign of things to come. This is you know, they'll 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 match up next year. They'll probably be on Monday night football again or Thursday night football in prime if Al winds is winds enough to get the game. But <laughs> you know, at, at the end of the day, for me, like this these two teams, Buffalo, eventually the Chargers are gonna get there and of course the Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna be right in the middle of the mix too. It does feel though like Brady Manning with these two. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's, uh, here's players. Burrow. Yeah, no doubt. Here is Burrow talking about the Chiefs defense really beat him up. Here's Burrow. They did a good job. They had a good plan. They did a good job of creating one-on-one matchups up front to, to let their guys go and try to try to win. And they did a good job of it. All right, so the Chiefs move on to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix, where they were take on the Eagles. There's one clip. Obviously, they ran for a bunch of touchdowns to Philadelphia, but this pretty much signifies the day that the Niners had with their quarterback position. First and 10, 49ers. Johnson is throwing. He fumbles the snap, goes down and gets it. That could have been a disaster. I think he got it. Now, the Eagles say they have. Let's see. I thought Johnson was on top of it. But then Marcus Epps is very comfortable that the Eagles have the football. They, they, they do. do. They do. Oh, my. Yeah. 
Oh, my is right. Eagles radio. I mean, they turned every mistake they made into uh, points, essentially. 31 to 7. San Francisco beats, uh, rather, Philly beats San Francisco as the Niners were limited to just running the football after Josh Johnson suffered a concussion. After, of course, Brock Purdy left with what they're saying is or hoping is a sprained UCL. I know there was some fear that it was ruptured, but he came in, couldn't throw the ball more than a few yards. And so the uh, Eagles wind up winning the NFC. Jalen Hurts, 121 yards passing but he ran for 39 and a touchdown. Miles Sanders runs for a couple. Uh, here is Hurts. They win the NFC, but no time for celebrating. Not yet. It's really hard for me to do that. I, I try to, what you guys say, enjoy the moment. But my, my, my joy comes in winning. But I know the job isn't done. You know, it's amazing. But Boomer, is that the, uh, the Eagles now are one of four teams that have won back-to-back playoff games by 24 points or more. And the previous three teams that did that went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, these I feel like this was probably the easiest path in the history of the Super Bowl, uh, where you got the Giants and you beat them up, and then basically you had this Niners team that was was nothing once Purdy went out of the game, and even less nothing when Johnson went out of the game. So yeah, I mean, they they beat up teams when they needed to. They didn't let one slip away, but I mean, can we really judge them? Uh, against some of the great teams in the game with this path that they had. Uh, that's going to be one of the questions that we over-talk about for the next two weeks. Now, I have a question for Boomer. Why? And I, By the way, I, I don't mind the fact that the Devontae Smith catch-no-catch no catch was a catch. I don't have a problem with it. But that said, why, why was there not that expedited replay that we've been talking about the last couple weeks? That's exactly what I tweeted in the moment. I was like, okay, where is it? And if you saw Devontae Smith got up, and he was, uh, like, signaling to his teammates, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to get it on the line of scrimmage, snap the ball, because he knew he didn't catch it. And Kyle Shanahan and his 10 analytics guys up in the, uh, up in the booth, nobody could have seen it. And the NFL is claiming that, you know, the ball was snapped way too fast, which I do not believe. They have a Hawkeye technology that they're watching and they're, and they're calling these things and getting them right, which is what I do like. But, uh, for some reason, and unbeknownst to me, uh, and, and I guess the NFL is saying that it all happened too fast, that they did not stop the, stop it right then and there and basically say that this was an incompletion, which they should have done, which they have been doing throughout all the playoffs except for that play. Yep, no doubt. Eddie, skip the party one. Give me Nick Sirianni, the last clip here, just talking about statement game from his club. I wouldn't say we, we felt disrespected by by anything by any means, but we wanted to come out here and, and, and let, we knew we knew, um, but let everybody know that how physically tough we are and how mentally tough we are. Well, they are, and now you'll get Kelsey versus Kelsey. You'll get Andy Reid against Philadelphia. A couple of the storylines as we get set to go to Phoenix. Yeah, I'm already tired this of weekend for next been, We've been okay. talking about it for less than <laughs> 12 hours, and I'm already tired of those two storylines. <laughs> I mean, then what are we going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it, maybe for the casual fan, the, the Kelsey Kelsey thing is great. I mean, but Andy Reid hasn't been the Eagles coach for a very, very long time. And I understand that he never got the job done and didn't win a Super Bowl with him. But he was a great coach for them. And he finally got a Super Bowl with Kansas City. It, it's not like they unceremoniously fired him. They just got to the point where they were like, we need to make a change. And guess what? They were right about it because they went and won the Super Bowl um, with somebody else. It wasn't Chip Kelly, but it ended up being Doug Peterson. And it's amazing to think think that they have gotten to three Super Bowls with three head coaches in recent memory. I mean, that that just that really and three quarterbacks, obviously, different quarterbacks as well. I mean, that is a testament to an organization that that knows how to reload.
Boy, they you know they showed that they showed how good they are by having the Empire State Building oh, turn right. green I last know. night. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a moving on, nice segue there, G, because reports say the Packers prefer to move on from Aaron Rodgers, mm. which of course would be mean trading him. Uh, and it also says that Rodgers apparently is uh, under not understanding, but well aware of their feelings. So we'll see. Also, ESPN says the Dolphins do not plan to pursue free agent quarterback Tom Brady, and they did hire Vic Fangio. As their new defensive coordinator, reports say the, not reports, the Cowboys announced Kellen Moore uh, is no longer their offensive coordinator parting ways. So Mike McCarthy will play calls next season in Dallas. Nets, Lakers tonight uh, in Brooklyn. The Bucks beat the Pelicans yesterday. Giannis had 50 on 20 of 26 shooting. College basketball, St. John's beat Georgetown on a late three from A.J. Storrs, 75-73. And here in Iowa, it was the Hawkeyes over Rutgers, 93-82. Hi, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jets and Giants, of course, not playing championship weekend, but two of their high-profile defensive linemen, one from each team, they were playing on Twitter over the weekend. Two very, very uh, viewed tweets from both of them that got some people uh, in an uproar, uh, quite frankly. And the first one was from... Quinn and Williams. I can only laugh at this. Did you see the Quinn and Williams one before it got deleted, Boomer? By any yes, I did. Yes. Right. <laughs> Quinn and Williams uh, tweets out during the NFC Championship game, now Bosa know what I'm going through. T-H-R-E-W, by the way. No offense. <laughs> ah! Ah! Of course, that gets deleted. Oh, sorry about that. Guy who's looking for a contract. Not exactly smart. And then Kayvon Thibodeau, he got a bunch of players, both former and current players, really fired up with his tweet that said, the way this game look, we might be better than the 49ers. So Micah Parsons ended up chiming in on that. He did a gif with someone going, what? And then Kayvon Thibodeau responded to that, and they were going back and forth. Uh, Eric Armstead of the 49ers said, don't do that, bro. I watched y'all film. And then Joe Staley, uh, the uh, the longtime tackle for the 49ers, he, quote, tweeted it and said, you're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. Don't let the New York media affect you too much. To which Kayvon Thibodeau said, who are you, bro? Which is just another disrespectful thing. Who was the other guy? He was like, I have no idea who that is. I oh, it was uh, the coach. It was one of the coaches, wasn't it? Wasn't it the head? It was, um, oh, man, who was it when he was doing the Snow Angels? It was, oh, it was, um, what's his face? Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, when he was criticizing for the Snow Angels, I don't know who this guy is. So I guess if you're a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, (laughs) Kayvon Thibodeau has no idea who you are. So, uh, yeah, not the smartest idea for both of these guys, but I was laughing my ass off with both of those tweets. If I was a PR, the head of PR for either one of those teams, I'd be really annoyed. But for me, from a fan standpoint, it was hilarious. I have to say this from a uh, personal experience standpoint. You know, when the Rangers are playing and things are not going my way, and I've had a few Casamigos, mm. it's kind of like truth serum. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. And I kind of feel like both of these guys, wherever they were, were probably enjoying themselves and were probably very relaxed and figured out, you know, let me just throw this out there and see what, uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> and they were having a good time, and they just let their fingers get the best of them. And uh, before they realize it, and then they see all the responses to it, 
Uh, then all of a sudden they got to duck for cover. So yeah, well, Thibodeau, to his credit, if you want to say to his credit, he stuck with it and responded to people and said stuff to like Eric Armstead, like, "Hey, listen, we're all watching the Super Bowl from home. You played well, though." Stuff like that. You know, Quinn and Williams immediately was deleted, like within a few minutes. Well, he just took a complete shot at half of his own team. <laughs> at least Kayvon Thibodeau was saying, "Hey, we better than the 49ers, which they obviously weren't. Right? I mean, when you lose two quarterbacks in a game and have already lost two quarterbacks at the beginning of the season and in the middle of the season, I, I think you can understand why the 49ers ended up looking like they looked yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Like if you really want to break it down, like Kayvon Thibodeau was giving his team a compliment while also taking down the 49ers. Quinton Williams just took down his own organization, which is... Totally different. You know what? Wasn't Quentin Williams the guy to try to board a plane at LaGuardia with a gun? Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, That's absolutely right. Yes. All right. Well. You don't know what he's been going through, though. T-H-R-E-W. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. What did you <laughs> That's why I think he was probably having a good time wherever he was. Yeah. Uh, no offense. Now, some people. What would we do without social media, G? Honestly. Oh, man. Well, I think personally, I think I'd just be a happier person, but we definitely would have less content for the show. That's for sure. So I think it's a fair trade off. You know, we get completely sucked into it. It's funny. I, uh, there was. There was a, I spoke to these eighth graders at uh, Bayport Blue Point Middle School on Friday after the show, and I mentioned something about Twitter in my uh, whatever speech, if you want to call it, and a hand went up right away the second that I said Twitter, and I was like, hey, hold on one second, let me finish my, my thought. And then I said, okay, what's your question? She goes, why do you use Twitter? It's a cesspool. It's the worst place on earth. All the people on there are just horrible. It probably drags down your mental health. And I was like, okay. I was like, very she good. Right. Reader, you're right on top of it. I was like, well, I got it's a necessary evil for this business, uh, unfortunately. All right, let's grab a couple calls. 877-337-6666. There's also more Aaron Rodgers buzz we will get to in just a few minutes. We now know who is in Super Bowl 57. Tim in Mayo Pack joins us. What's going on, Tim? How you doing, guys? Um, I, um, it was hard to watch that first game with the quarterback getting hurt. I understand the um, the reasoning uh, protecting these players, but like years ago, I'm sure there's a chance that guy who had the concussion, he, they probably would have put him back in the game. I understand that point of protecting the players, but uh, I think it's time to protect the game, and they should have they should have like a uh, a referee on the sideline saying this guy is out of the game. They should have the opportunity to draw, to uh, add another uh, quarterback to the game. You mean you want rosters to go to be able to have three active quarterbacks in a game? Is, is your point? Maybe, maybe just in the playoffs. If you get if, if the if the um, NFL is getting involved in decisions about somebody being hurt on the sidelines, then they should be involved in the decision that somebody's hurt on the sidelines then they should activate another quarterback so we don't have to look at a, a, a playoff game without a quarterback. You know, there was a time where the NFL did have three active quarterbacks, and the third quarterback, if he entered the game and played quarterback, then the previous two guys that were on the roster could not return into the game. And I'm sure that there's going to be a push because of what happened yesterday uh, to have uh, NFL teams carrying Three quarterbacks. The other thing they should do, they should add an eighth offensive lineman. Some of these teams go in 
uh, with only seven offensive linemen, but they should they should have a mandatory requirement and add two more spots to the active roster, a third quarterback and an eighth offensive lineman. That's what I would do. They're paying these guys anyway. You might as well just activate them for the game and just, you know, call it a day. I mean, come on, you know, let's, let's never get into a situation that the 49ers got into yesterday. Let's go to Davin in Port Jervis. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so, I mean, you guys actually just answered uh, the question that I had. You know, Trey Lance is, uh, you know, he was hurt all season. You know, you got Gippy Garoppolo. And, and, and the 49ers, they went in with two quarterbacks for, like, what was it, five, six weeks? Yeah. Something like that. Like, why, why would you do that? You just set yourself up for disaster. Well, I mean, for well, just, the only thing is, is that they can only activate two, two quarterbacks right. per game. That's the problem, and, and you know, you can't just take a guy off the street and say, "Okay, you're a quarterback." And I guarantee you, they have another quarterback on the practice squad. They just can't have him there on the sidelines of the game. Exactly. So what I'm saying is to do what they used to do. They actually had this in the NFL for about ten years, I think, where you actually had a third quarterback active. Now, look. Whoever that third quarterback would have been had he been active yesterday, he wasn't going to move the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. There was a chance in hell. Yeah. Once Purdy went down, if they had they had any chance, you you saw how nervous Josh Johnson was. And Josh Johnson's been around as long as Geno Smith has been around. Right. And then I think everybody who said, "Look, anybody can do what Brock Purdy's doing," um, <laughs> because of the 49ers' weapons, I think got a, a dose of reality there about how well that kid played. Um, because it's it's not that easy. He made I'll tell you what's going to be it. What's going to be interesting, Jay, is going to be what what do the 49ers now do at quarterback? Do they think that Brock Purdy is the guy? I mean, I think if he would have won this game yesterday and gotten them to the Super Bowl, I think he's the he may still be the opening day starter next year, but they're not paying him any money. Trey Lance, I I don't know what they're going to have with him. They're going to let Jimmy Garoppolo go. Did they go after Tom Brady? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that would be a, a landing spot that would definitely make sense from some of the other landing spots. But I, if they don't want to pay a quarterback, I would still stick with Brock Purdy. He did enough for me to believe in him despite this, this injury and staying healthy is a big part of it. Um, but Garoppolo, by the way, was doing a lot of smiling on that sideline last night or yesterday afternoon. He was, he, he couldn't have had a better time with his last day as a 49er, just joking around with teammates, smiling as teams getting their ass handed to him. And he was just having a day. It made me another reason why I don't want him uh, to be a Jet.